Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, I don't know if you heard the huge news, but we are, as of today, are the ninth most popular hockey podcast in Norway. So there you go. It's, uh, I guess we can finally say we're, we're huge in Scandinavia. Um, yes. Now we just got to creep, I guess, what, creep east into uh, Finland and Sweden and then our uh, podcast domination will just continue. Eventually the world. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, you know, you got to start. Usually it starts in Japan, but we're going to start in Scandinavia because we like that better. But uh, thanks to everybody in Norway. Thanks to everybody listening anywhere. We really appreciate it. Uh, I thought that was funny. Uh, <laughs> when I saw that today. I was like, that's both hilarious and uh, also very, uh, very cool, I thought. Yeah, that's <laughs> one to get framed. You know, that screenshot. Definitely one to get framed. I definitely will. I should. I should because it's, it's a momentous occasion when you when you're that when you see only one single digit in front of your uh, podcast uh, chart number. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, but uh, the Islanders right now are on a pretty remarkable run as well. 14 straight games with a point. They came back to win uh, a game in a shootout against the Flyers on Saturday, which was completely ridiculous. Uh, before that, they won a game against the Leafs, which was completely ridiculous for other reasons. Uh, so right now, I mean, the only thing – this is really irritating because the Caps are up. As of right now, they're up 2 nothing on the Ducks, I believe. Uh, the only thing keeping these guys from being like the number one story in the league is the fact that the Capitals keep winning too. And as of tonight, I believe the Caps have a full 82 games uh, ahead of the Islanders. The Islanders have 82 games in hand on the Caps. They're a full season behind, which is completely ludicrous. I don't know how this happened, 
But uh, maybe the Islanders will catch up to them sometime around, you know, next Christmas or something. Yeah, I mean, we always talk about how the schedule is weird and then the the Barclays Center thing, I think, throws it even more in flux. And then I just, yeah, I mean, you look at some of the teams. I feel like the Capitals and I feel they're playing the Ducks. I feel like the Ducks play every night. <laughs> I feel like the Coyotes play every night. Yeah. It's just, and then, and then you got like the Islanders play once, you know, every 12 days or so. And, uh, <laughs> And then you know I know the Lightning and Sabres went over to right. uh, to Europe, so like they're they're with us. But when so when you played like this, basically the same amount of games as, as two teams that were off for like eight days for a <laughs> European trip, uh, something's a little little awry. And then yeah. I mean, yeah. there's that, and then the power play thing. So you know there 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 are very subtle conspiracies going on in uh, right. in Islander country. I think so. Yeah, and the, for the first month of the season, it felt like the Leafs played every night, and I was like, what are these guys going to play a whole schedule in one month? It was pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know what's going. I mean, eventually it'll all even out, and the Islanders will have a, a week where they play like you know five games in seven days, and you're like, oh my god, these are going to kill these guys. But as of right now, it, it's pretty frustrating. But I mean, honestly, when you look back and see what the Islanders have done, it's, it's it's still pretty cool and pretty remarkable. And let's go back to that game against the Leafs last Thursday. Uh, we didn't talk too much about it going in because we're both kind of sick of the whole topic. But uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, the Islanders are up two nothing after one. Uh, Barzell and Bovillier, we'll talk a lot about more about them, uh, scored on the power play. I mean, overall, I thought the, the two periods were pretty even, uh, or the first period was pretty even. Uh, the second period was bad for the Islanders. The Leafs had uh, a, a lot of zone time. The Islanders didn't have a shot for like 13 or 14 minutes or something like that. But uh, And then the Leafs came back and tied it. But then uh, Bovillier scored again just before the end of the period. And it seemed like one of those games where things, you know, were just kind of going to bounce their way. But the third was all Islanders. It was it was really cool to watch. They came out and they really locked it down. Uh, Derek Broussard was moved back to the wing. He immediately scores a power play goal. <laughs> Casey Zizekas basically killed a penalty all by himself. Uh, he also scored a, a hilarious empty net goal. Basically, you know, half half of it was Sezikis kind of, you know, laying the puck in the right spot off the boards. The other half of it was Austin Matthews just completely falling apart it was <laughs> it was actually kind of hilarious how to see him like you know uh, uh impotently wipe swipe at the puck uh and it just go into the net, leafs end the leafs did score two goals towards the end uh john Tavares got one of course uh but they were not great goals to give up the whole team kind of stopped playing but uh, they ended up taking the game 5-4 and i mean nobody left that game thinking that the score was that close uh it was not uh the islanders ended up about even in high danger chances for goal expected goals for. Uh, so overall, it turned out to be a pretty good game despite that bad second. But, uh, you know, it was the kind of thing where it just felt damn good beating that team and that guy. And, and at the end, Shannon Hogan interviewed Beauvillier and was like, you know, I don't know what it is. Something about playing this team brings out the best in you. And, and his answer was, uh, I'm pretty sure we all know what it is. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I think we do. Yeah. I think it's funny to watch, uh, you know, uh, broadcasters and stuff really try to stay on that, you know, straight and narrow and even saying like, oh, you know, you're playing this guy who, who kind of left you guys in the dust is you, they don't want to say it because that both the player, assuming the player will probably just give a straight, you know, straight laced answer right back. So there's almost no reason to even, you know, stoke those flames. But the Islanders with, uh, I mean, Clutterbuck said something which is funny, uh, you know, just about the, the amount of pride everybody has and how, you know, when, when a guy agency, like leaves your team yeah. to play with right. somebody else, you look in the mirror and something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they've actually, uh, you know, the Islanders have kind of given 
some decent, you know, paper fodder. And uh, yeah, I thought Sezikis was a monster on that sh- that penalty. Do you remember when they drafted him? I think it was at the year after he, they drafted him. He played in the World Junior. Yeah. Um, he had that monster. People were calling it the shift in Canada because yeah. it was just that. I mean, he usually has one of those a year where he just you know kills a penalty <laughs> by himself, and that was that was his the shift of uh, of this year and. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I was actually kind of happy Tavares ended up uh, scoring that goal because it, it ended up being meaningless. And also it gave him a little bit of like false hope. Mm. You saw him like skate back to the bench and he was all jazzed up and like yelling at the Leafs to like get him going. And you're like, they're all kind of just like, who, who are you? It was great. I mean, I was. Obviously, I, yeah. You rarely see that out of that guy. And, you know, it's, it started to like boil over a little bit. Uh, it, there's the whole hockey world. It's not just us. I mean, everybody outside of the the GMT, the Greater Metropolitan of Toronto, or whatever they call it, uh, can just sit back and kind of enjoy this uh, kind of implosion that that's going on there because they're firing the coach, they're trying to trade Tyson Barry, who was their big acquisition, who was supposed to you know provide the defense with the depth that it missed last year. It's just and some even more scoring, and I think, excuse me, I yeah I, uh, I do have a little bit of a cold, so I apologize for that, but um, I think. Kyle Dubas, you know, kind of just misread how this league is going. Uh, they went all in on, on skill and talent, and that'll work. But the team has to be on the same page, and they're not. And it's a joy to watch. I mean, it's it, they they kind of reminded me of, of like the Doug Wade Islanders. You, you there was you know moments of you know flash, and you're like, damn, this team you know could be good. There's some really good players, but you. They're like acres of, of open ice on the uh, during the game. You're just like, how is how is this? How are they getting you know getting any points? This is not the way you play hockey. Mm. And uh, yeah, nobody's enjoying it more than us, I don't think. And uh, <laughs> I can't wait. I honestly can't wait to see how this thing unravels completely. Yeah, I'm afraid to say too much because you know there's still like you know one player away from from just turning it around and reeling off however many wins in a row. The Tyson Barry thing is weird. I don't know if anybody gets a chance to go watch it. Maybe I'll put a link in there. But uh, the, in the headline section on Hockey Night in Canada, uh, Elliot Friedman said that, you know, Barry hasn't asked for a trade and the team isn't looking to trade him, but things have not worked out. And clearly both sides are amenable to making something happen. He's a UFA at the end of the year. And he's only hurting his own prospects by not having a pretty good season uh but yeah you're right like he was supposed to be that guy jake muzzin before him was supposed to be oh they got jake muzzin he's a stanley cup champion he's gonna solidify the defense well no he's kind of old and slow now oh tyson barry he's gonna solidify the defense no he's not adjusting that well oh and by the way the guy you traded for him nazim kadri is having a friggin' revelatory season out in colorado <laughs> and he's not here now which you know might account for the problems that the leafs are having um, and they why? don't have any caps, cap space either. Yeah. So it's just they're like, yeah. all right. I mean, they're the Leafs, so they usually find a way around those kind of yeah. things, like they did in the off season. But yeah, they'll put you know, somebody on long term injured reserve. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, and it's just uh, you know, I could see if a team you know has tuned out the coach. Somebody might know that better. But man, and I know this is going to sound like an appeal to authority that everybody hates, but like. I don't know if you guys have tuned out Mike Babcock. I don't know what to tell you. Like, well, you're not going to tune out the next guy. Like, I don't really. No, you know, like it's. I could get why some teams tune out coaches, but I don't know. But I mean, Babcock's not perfect. I mean, he's his ice time decisions are weird. I, I think it was against the the game against the Bruins, or maybe the game that they lost. Yeah, I think that was the game that against the Bruins. Like Austin Matthews only had like seventeen minutes of ice time, and people are all getting pissed off. But yeah, nobody's going to enjoy this definitely more than we are. But uh, I'm sure there are a lot of other fans that are really hoping that it just continues and the whole thing spirals down and 
gets even worse before it gets better. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was a fun game. Uh, everything about it was great. You know, the the crowd was great. There's still chanting going. The crowd on. was really great. Yeah, yeah, I thought like it was just like the perfect amount of kind of yeah remi- reminding. I guess is is the right word, but because uh, it sounded the building just sounded great and the uh, and nobody got carried away. Yeah, with it wasn't it. obnoxious or anything. You know? Right. It was just it was perfect. It was you know it's 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 nice that he now knows like all right this is not going away. They don't play here again this year, but you know next year it will be very similar. Yeah. Um, Hopefully they have them for banner raising night. <laughs> yeah right uh and so uh yeah you know we'll see yeah that, that's unfortunate the next two games are going to be in in toronto but uh you know we'll have to see how, how those go but uh yeah no i i mean nobody's gonna forget that's for sure um and then uh so that was thir- the 13th game of the point streak and then the 14th game was in philly two nights later and um it was funny because uh you know we talked about the, so the only game the Islanders have lost in this was that overtime game against the Penguins, in which they had a 3 nothing lead going into the third period, didn't play particularly well in that game, but, you know, things were falling for them, and, and so far things were going okay, and you thought, all right, well, they'll come out for the third and lock it down and, you know, 20 minutes and make it stand up, and that's fine. Well, the Philly game, this game against the Flyers was kind of the opposite of that. They had a not a great first period but they were down two nothing because the Flyers just got a couple of breaks and got a couple of goals. The Flyers are up three nothing after two. But the second period was turning into more of the Islanders' game. They were playing their their system. But Brian Elliott was just outstanding. He was awesome. The third period, though, at about the twelve minute mark, Beauvillier again, Barzell again on the power play, streaking in right in the slot, scores, and then Beauvillier a fourth time <laughs> in the last two games. Scores this really weird five-hole goal. I'm not even sure how it went in. I, I, I guess he just kind of shoveled it towards him, and Elliot let it go right between his pads, and the game was tied, and they went to overtime and ended up winning in a shootout. Barzell's goal in that shootout, I still can't even explain. It was like this razzle-dazzle maneuver with the stick, and he scored. I, I What was the last time the Islanders had the first two shooters score in the shootout? I don't – probably wouldn't – it was like Seriously, Nielsen yeah. and, and Molson or so, Nielsen and Bailey or something like that, right? So – that was great. I mean, to see the first two guys score and then the two saves and you're done. And uh, they came all the way down from three goals, three down, down three nothing to win that game. And uh, I mean, I just even I couldn't even believe it. I mean, I was going crazy on Twitter. People were going crazy. It was a site we haven't seen in a long time. And it just it, it reinforces that this team just doesn't want to lose games. They just don't want to. And they can turn it on when they need to. And, you know, things are going to get a little wicked. But they can make it happen, and they're good, and they could beat teams even you know when they're not at their best. Yeah, they just keep coming at you. Like they, I think one of the things I've noticed with Trots is I don't really know if this team looks at games. They of, of, of course they say like game by game, we're taking it you know shift by shift, but they look at it as very much a long term. That if they you know just keep doing this over and keep coming the way they're doing and keep playing the the system the way they are, eventually like they're going to wear out more teams than they're not, and basically they just. You know, they were down three nothing and just stuck to the plan. And it, it, when Beauvillier scored that first one, I was like, "Oh my, this is on!" Like, <laughs> and if this was if this was you know any other era, I was like, "Oh, you know, what a worthless, you know, useless goal." I'm happy he scored, but um, it would, I mean, especially the, the I've seen the we've seen the Flyers do that so many times to the Islanders. Maybe not you know as many three nothing leads evaporate, but they had that 15 game winless streak against Philadelphia. Uh, between like 2008 and 2010, you know the uh, mm. when, when Mark Flood was getting torched <laughs> and the, on the blue line and such. But uh, the uh, 
so it felt, you know, I, I don't forget about that. I'm, I'm sure a lot of Islander fans don't, you know, guys like Eric Hornick don't forget about that. And, mm-hmm. and we, uh, we, it feels good to serve, serve like a little bit of that payback. Cause at, the, at, at those times you just never, you're like, this is never going to get better. Uh, you know, I just watched I'll blow a three, one lead in the third against the flyers. I just watched Joey McDonald do it. I, you, you, at those times you're just like, this team is never going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now they have, and it just took, uh, you know, basically, you know, three or four people to come in and, and kind of course correct them. And we're, uh, we're, I mean, nobody wants to play them either. That's the other thing. Like they're, they're, people are scared to play the Islanders. It's it, for the first time in my life. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Um, it, that was a, uh, that win by the, was a, a really good example of process over results. And like, you know, Barry Trotz always said, it's about the process. You don't really worry about the results. He's, he said it more last year when they were trying to work through that process and get it established but that was that was the exact kind of thing you know the first first period wasn't that great um they were a little bit loose um you know you know the islanders aren't playing their system when guys get loose in the slot and the first goal i forget who scored it maybe it was ivan provorov it was, he, it was couturier I think. oh it was couturier right yeah, yeah. if a boy chuck uh turnover and they were a mess right yeah boy chuck did not have a great game <laughs> the boy chuck and, and eberly really uh, two of the two guys that stuck out to me is not having great games but yeah you know one turnover and it's you know, Couturier is in the slot and he's going to score. I mean, that's what's going to happen. It was the same with the Penguins game where they had the three nothing lead and blew it. Like you just, there were too many odd man rushes and too many shots from the slot. And you're like, man, this is not their game. They don't play this way. Meanwhile, against the Leafs, they didn't get those shots. And like, they were the ones that were falling in were just kind of like, eh, what are you going to do? Uh, that those, you know, probably should have been stopped by, uh, Varlamov at the time, but, um, yeah. Or, or was, yeah, it was, no, it was Grice. Sorry. No, it was Varlamov. No, it was Grice. No, I forget now. <laughs> well, whoever. <laughs> but like that's how you know when they're on is by by stopping, you know, those kind of point those kind of slot shots because they don't give those up, those high danger chances. And so you can see in the Philly game, like the second period they were turning it around and you know, the the heat maps and stuff you can see, they were bringing it back to where they were. And then by the time the third started, they were all over them and the Flyers just didn't really have much of an answer. And then before you know it, like you said, I mean, they had the one and you thought, "Oh, okay." They got time now. They had like 12 or so minutes left to go. Then they got a second one. And Brandon Burke even said in his call, there's plenty of time to get it. They didn't start kind of pushing the other way for a couple of minutes. But once they did, they scored. And there you go. So it was a really, really exciting game. Exciting win. Division rival. Now, you know, it sucks that it's a shootout game and it's not going to factor into the tiebreakers later. But at the end of the day, two points is two points. And the Islanders just keep picking them up. And so they have lost only, again, one game in their last 14 and it was an overtime. So they got a point for it. And the team that beat them is the team. They're going to play twice in the next week. And that is the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're probably listening to this on Tuesday. They're going to play the Penguins that night in Pittsburgh. Uh, the Penguins are without Sidney Crosby for a few weeks now for probably about a month and a half, maybe more. We'll, we'll still see the graphic though. Oh yeah. We'll, oh, absolutely. Oh. Well, and what is, and what are Malkin's numbers against the Islanders? Probably maybe yes. not even that far off. <laughs> from, uh, Crosby's. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, you think, all right, well, this will be a little bit easier. Well, not so much. The, the, that same Penguins team just beat the hell out of the Leafs, thank you very much, uh, the other day. Uh, and so, uh, you know, they can still put points on the board and they can still score. I'm sure Barry Trotz is telling his team this. So uh, I would like to think that the Islanders want to avenge that loss and get those two points right back. I still hate going into Pittsburgh, but, uh, you know, it's hard to be too mad. I mean, I know we were all bracing for a loss against the Flyers, but and saying, well, you know, they do have... 13 game point streak. And so it's the same thing here. You know, I mean, they've put together 14 
games with a point. Um, they need to get. They should get two more. But if they don't, you know, uh, I'm okay with with uh, the streak <laughs> as it is. Yeah, the uh, yeah the Penguins have been good. Um, their their underlying numbers are really good. They 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 look like they're playing the kind of hockey they played uh, you know during their cup years. Very they have they kind of own 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 play. They drive play. So uh, they're they're definitely I think right now they're they're slight favorites over the Islanders in uh, for tomorrow's game and it's I mean it's an interesting point too is like these you know betting markets are are so uh, efficient and at projecting uh, outcomes of not just singular sporting events but seasons like that's the best way to judge you know the who who's going to be good who's going to be bad who's going to win is that that those are the, they're the best projectors of it and. Um, they still haven't figured the Islanders out, and we we talked about it last year with with a professional better who who's like yeah like model they still they break models and uh, they're doing it again which is funny because now you got there's been a hundred games on, under Barry Trotz which is pretty wild to begin with and and he's you know what sixty two thirty and eight so at some point like you, you got to wonder if if people need to just kind of tweak things uh, on their end I mean obviously I'm not hoping for it because it's nice to see the Islanders at, at these you know attractive prices and you know I. I happen to watch them like a ton. So the detail, like I pay attention to a lot of the details and it's it, but they're still just such an outlier for basically everybody. Uh, and the, nobody's figured them out. And it's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested to see what they are on the road in, uh, on the West coast, because those teams are inferior, but they will be on the road and they'll be playing three and four. Um, so that's, that's, I think going to be a good barometer to see how they're going to be priced going forward uh this game these games against the penguins probably not as much because the penguins will be taking oh they always take public money and people still see the name islanders and they're like oh gotta bet against them <laughs> yeah i mean i guess what it tells you is like, like you said a the, the uh the betting market hasn't figured the islanders out and b it tells you that uh you can make a little bit of money if you uh try and put some if you're a pretty uh feeling pretty good about yourself as an islanders fan and want to lay some money down you, you can do that and maybe come away with something. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh is a tough place. You know, I don't know. I mean, there are very few places where the Islanders have played on the road that I've ever felt comfortable. Pittsburgh is definitely not one of them. Philly was definitely not one of them for a long time. The Garden, I think, is actually weirdly one that I'm pretty comfortable with the Islanders playing in because their record there is fairly good um, over the last little while. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. I really can't. Uh, but, you know, even on the West Coast, like, they're, they're usually pretty good out there. So, We'll have to see. Uh, they do play the Sharks uh, starting Saturday night. They play the Ducks on Monday, and I believe the sorry. So if they play three and four, then they play the Ducks on Monday and the Kings on Tuesday. Is that what it is? I don't even look. Let me hold on. I have my schedule right here. No, oh, they play the they play uh they they play the Sharks Saturday, the Ducks Monday, and the Kings Wednesday. So they actually do get a break. Normally they do play three and four, but uh, it's actually a little bit of a break uh, this time. So yeah, uh, so we'll have to see. But um, you know, I, I think. If I if I know Barry Trotz over these last hundred games, if we figured out that he is keeping them on point, talking to them about the Penguins game, talking to them about how they lost the last game, and uh, trying to prevent that, but also accounting for the fact that Crosby's not there, but also they're gonna call up some some no name guy for Wilkes Barre, and he's gonna turn look to it like a superstar probably. Uh, but uh, Patrick Hornquist might be back. I really hate that guy. He's just so annoying <laughs> and so irritating. So I would be, wouldn't be surprised if he was back. But I think Latang is still out, right? So um, it's gonna be a weird. It's gonna be a weird lineup. We don't even know who's gonna play for the Islanders. Leo Komarov was scratch uh, against the Flyers. Uh, I, my guess is that they played Ross Johnston because they were afraid somebody was gonna start some shit. Didn't happen. 
But, uh, you know, Ross kind of looked sort of okay, I think, uh, for him. Um, that, that line didn't get used all that much. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay, so uh, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to uh, praise a couple of Islanders who have been around longer uh, than I think a lot of us thought they'd be <laughs> and, uh, and uh, look ahead a little bit more, too. All right, we'll be back in a minute. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As we mentioned before, the Islanders will play two games against the Pittsburgh Penguins this week. One probably the night you're listening to this and then another one on Thursday. The game on Tuesday will be the 500th career game, all in Islanders uniform for Casey Sezikis. And the game on Thursday will be the 500th game, all in an Islanders uniform for Brock Nelson. And, you know, 500 sounds like a lot. Josh Bailey just just played his thousandth game, right? Or was it his 800th or something like that? 800, yeah. 800th, yeah. And so, you know, you think about it and you're like, my I God. I think Clutterbuck's like at 400, too. Yeah, right, yeah. Obviously not all with the Islanders, but. But like 400 as, as, oh, no, that's 400 total. All right, yeah. He I think 400. Yeah, I can't remember if it's with the Islanders or not, but. Yeah, uh, no, but it's uh, these are remarkable milestones that just went by in the blink of an eye. Like I can remember Brock Nelson's first game was in that that playoff series against the Caps, and now it's five hundred games later. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't feel that way. It's pretty crazy. I th- I think I rode the elevator with his family for that for his debut. Wow, because I was uh, yeah, I think I was interning or I was you know still sneaking in with with uh my magic ways and and i was on the elevator to like go see someone and uh there was mr or mrs nelson or something and there and um i think i just asked was like is he playing and they're like yep wow yeah there you go. Uh, i was going to a game one time with uh torgo one of our lighthouse hockey commenters and uh and john and uh we were there and waiting uh, by the will call window and a guy came in and he said uh, i'm peter sezikis and the uh, people at the door didn't know who he was, <laughs> and it was. We're like, oh, this crazy Sezikis is dead. He eventually <laughs> did get in, but we 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 wanted to speak up on his behalf and be like, no, really, you could let him in. It's okay. But uh, anyway, uh, that was uh, not too long ago. But uh, at Barclays, but um, yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable that these these you know milestones come about and 500 games pass or 800 games pass. And but you could you could, you know it's a cliche that you see these people grow up. But in like the case of a Josh Bailey, for example. Like we literally did. We saw this guy show up as an 18-year-old kid on some of the worst teams we've ever seen live. And here he is 800 games later and and we've seen him make all-star games, we've seen him, you know, score playoff goals. Like we've seen all these things happen. We I mean Brock Nelson in the last 2 years has almost transformed himself into a completely different player than he was 
the previous you know four or five years we uh, you know he was in the league it's like really remarkable and you know Sezikis has always been more or less the same player but he just keeps getting better and better at it and you know my thing with Sezikis was we were all complained that he was that his contract extension was too much now it seems like he might be making too little because when he doesn't play the Islanders just are a different team like it's you know they need that guy in the ice he's like their literal heart and soul and so it's it's remarkable to see that you know 500 games go by and these guys just transform in front of you and they've done it as Islanders. That's the thing. There is no, you know, Clutterbuck obviously was one, but all of these guys have done it as Islanders. They were sound tigers for two of them were sound tigers. Then they were Islanders and the three of them have only done this as an Islanders uniform. And I mean, every, every team has those guys, but man, to have three guys all reach that milestone in the same year under the one Jersey is, is really remarkable. You know, you don't see that that often. We've all come a long way. I really feel like we all have a connection to these guys uh, with everything we've gone through that really makes it special that they've, you know, we've watched them do this for this many games. Yeah, I think, and one of the uh, the thing that's interesting is is we all, and I hate, I'm sorry to bring it back up, but we all wanted, you know, Tavares to be a one jersey guy, and um, it turned, it's, and obviously, like even like Oposo and Hamannik and and that core, they they seem like the sure bets to. to to do that and to put up these milestones right. um and it's the it's kind of like the i don't know the the secondary chord like Sezikis and and uh and, and nelson and, and soon there's, there's going to be more i'm sure and uh it's it's wild to, to just see because if you remember the uh i think it was after that cap series they basically kept the same team and they talked about the, the how they wanted co- uh continuity on the on the roster and they want these guys to basically you know if they're such a tight-knit group they want to keep them together and then poof they were all gone um and uh the guys that stayed basically were they kind of i mean sure Sezikis at the time i was not a fan of that contract but he wasn't really um being deployed correct it was kind of at the time where teams were really coming up against uh cap issues because they're giving out term to fourth liners i'm very happy to be proven wrong on that one uh he's been awesome and and his uh his story is also remarkable he he was drafted. Uh, it was kind of a risky pick because he had had um, an incident where he actually like, killed somebody playing rugby, uh, if you remember. And right. uh, they tried to like charge him, and and the family was like, you know, he shouldn't have even been playing. He had a concussion. This is not his fault. And it just kind of shows you the guy he uh, he's kind of become. He had to deal with that, and then you know comes to plays professional hockey. And just there's so many cliches about guys who are quote unquote like glue guys, do it the right way. And he's like. I, I can't. You can't pick a, another one who's, who's who like exemplifies that more than, than him, especially not, uh, you know, on, on on our island. Right. Um. You know, and I just remembered uh, as we talked about Clutterbuck and Sadikas, Matt Martin passed 500 last year for the Islanders. I mean, he had 132 for the Leafs, but he passed 500 last year just for the Islanders. And again, like like you said, I mean, you wouldn't expect it back when. And they were kind of putting this rebuild together. You wouldn't think that guys like Martin and Sezikis and Bailey. I mean, how many, how many trades did we all include Josh Bailey in over the last ten or ten or twelve years? A lot, right? So uh, you know, he was always expected to be like, yeah, well, they could trade him and get somebody else. Well, here he's he's still here, and you know, guys like Martin came back, and Sezikis is still here, and it's probably not going anywhere. And you know, it, it's it's funny how you know those guys can become part of of your life and part of the team going forward meanwhile as to Tavares we talked to death about Oposo left again he's got another concussion now um you know you wonder what have would have happened if he had stayed Franz Nielsen is having a really really rough season uh you know his first season in Detroit I think was probably okay 
Uh, the next season, eh, less so. And then this season has been really, really tough for old Franz. And it sucks because we, we still like those guys. And, you know, you kind of figure, you know, if he came back, it'd be great. But, you know, the te- this team has moved on and he's moved on and, and things have changed. But, you know, if, again, like you said, if you, if you were going to put money on who was going to be the 500 game guy or the 800 game guy for the, from those early rebuild teams, Tavares, Nielsen, Oposo, Hamanek, probably those would have been the guys, but it's these guys. And so like, again, that connection is sort of forged between all of us and, and it's fun. And, you know, you hope to see them more. And, and they brought up a good point on the, the broadcast that, you know, Josh Bailey. Oh, that's the other thing too, is that they're all durable. Like think of the game that Matt Martin plays that dude barely missed a game in his first, you know, whatever, eight years as an Islander. And he comes back and he, now he's hurt. He got that, that terrible leg injury. But other than this is the first time he's missed significant time in his career due to injury. And freaking Bailey's never hurt. And neither is Nelson. Nelson's missed, what, one game in the last five years or something like that? So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, they were saying if Josh Bailey's still healthy and he just keeps playing out the contract and, I don't know, maybe signs again, he will top Brian Trottier as the team's all-time leader in games played. And that, to me is wild <laughs> you know like uh no offense to josh bailey but i don't think anybody's gonna confuse him with brian trottier and i don't mean that in, in a negative way i mean seriously who who is brian trottier other than brian trottier but like that's pretty wild yeah and i think there's some uh some fan bases like uh you know bigger bigger markets teams like you know the yankees and uh in the nhl would be like you know the rangers and the leafs and those kind of teams that can can go fishing basically every summer for free agents and um, they, they don't, you know, they're, they're the idea of like a one Jersey person, obviously like Lundquist, hmm. you know, you think that like he's, he's, he seems, you know, well on his way, I guess. And, but, uh, they, I don't think it would mean, you know, it, it would mean as much because they've, they're used to guys abandoning other teams to go to them. And it's like, they're, <laughs> you know, it's part of the, you know, the world we live in is that, uh, they, pe- people will trade in their Jersey to go, you know, quote unquote, fulfill the childhood dream, play for the Rangers or the Leafs or the Canadians, whereas, you know, when Josh Bailey got drafted, first of all, he was basically booed at the draft party because we all wanted, like, Luke Shen, the human eraser, or, uh, you know, whoever else was down there at that time was, like, Nikita Filatov, mm. who knows. But uh, he, you know, he, I'm sure he knew who the Islanders were, and, and obviously they uh, they made it a point to kind of trade up and get him. But, you know, his, he, he had no nobody in his inner circle, I'm sure, had any idea of the kind of place he was stepping onto uh, here on Long Island. And he now 800 games later, he's, he gets it. And I think the same kind of thing can be said for Sezikis and, and Nelson. I I thought Barack Nelson was a goner hmm. so many times in my, in my uh, you know, in, in his time here. I thought, you know, he, he's going to be traded. He's not really picking it up. He's so streaky when he's, it's hard to kind of buy a guy like that to, for long term. But, holy, I mean, he's... The he's like a perfect example of like a responsible number two center, and he's got so much skill. He's he's beating guys like at least twice a game now. I don't. Know, I mean, he's he's silky as hell. I've, I've I didn't really ever give him credit for that. Uh, I mean, even Bailey too. Bailey's you know toe dragging around people. It's 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 these guys are a confident bunch uh, since the the regime change. I, I mean, it's it's tangible to notice how uh, how these guys are playing different. Yeah, it's and I was just gonna I was just thinking that too as you brought it up that. You know these guys played, you know, four hundred and however many games as Islanders before Barry Trotz, and you know they had their successes and and you know uh, minuses, and you know they made the playoffs, but at the same time, 
didn't get very far and were kind of like, you know, flying by the seat of their pants a little bit. So here comes this guy 100 games ago, so minus, you know, 100 games, and completely changes their outlook and completely changes their careers almost, you know, as the second half. Like, you know, Josh Bailey plays 400 games before Trotz, and, you know, he was good. He made the all-star team, but now here comes Barry Trotz, and all of a sudden he's giving him the confidence to play you know, the best he can. And before you know it, now here comes the second, you know, wave of his career. And uh, he's got, he's almost like a whole different, you know, player now. And Nelson is an even better example. Like Nelson has said that the the big difference is that Trotz has given him the confidence and was went to him and was like, you, I can help you be the best. I've always thought you were a better player and a good player and we can help you be that player. And that's exactly what's happened. And that's why you're seeing, a different kind of Nelson out there. He's showing speed he never had before. He's showing confidence he never had before. His consistency he's never had before. All because Barry Trotz gave him the trust and was like, here, here you go. This is what, you know, I trust you to be out there doing these things and I'm going to show you how. And so now, you know, from game 500 on, it's a different Brock Nelson. So it's it's been awesome to see. And, you know, again, I feel like every episode we kind of end up just basically throwing it all back to trots and being like, this guy did this, but you yep. know, in a way, well, and it's I think true. also, the, I mean, think about him and Eberly, um, both of whom we thought, I, I mean, Eberly more so than Nelson, that they were gone. Like these guys were going to fetch more uh, on the market than the Islanders were basically going to be able to, or willing to pay them. And they, I think they, the reason that they took, you know, Brock Nelson's not signing the contract he signed without the two people in charge who were in charge. He's, he, he's going to, you know the Panthers and signing a big deal, a bigger deal. He's going, you know, he's going some, yeah, the Wild. He's doing something, you know. Right. But you know these these two guys have, and, and Trotz especially because he's, he's, I'm sure he's working with the players a lot closer. Like they've instilled a, a an Islanders pride. And I remember Charles Wong used to always say, you know, uh, about how he wanted to bring back that Islanders pride. And unfortunately, you know, he he couldn't stick around to to like uh, to see these two guys kind of bring that back because I think this is exactly what we all envisioned when you hear that word like mm-hmm. oh yeah no this is how it's supposed to be this is what I'm sure <laughs> I even you know I, I was hyperbolic on Saturday as everybody was on Twitter and I was like I wonder if this is what the the 80s felt like and I didn't mean it like they're, they're winning it's you know because they've won so many games I meant it more like this team just believes and the fan base believes and it's like we should they show up they they end up you know, no matter where where they are in the game, if they're down three nothing, if they're getting outplayed, like at some point they're just gonna find their game, and that uh, that has not been the case <laughs> on Long Island for yeah. for our whole life. And we talk about it so much, but it just still takes so much getting used to this. Like this is, I'm, it's so weird not to to just live with this, you know, eight hundred pound elephant in the room of, mm. oh, this is all gonna come crashing down because these guys <laughs> have kind of just made it go away. Yeah. Uh, it's it, what occurred to me was that the the phrase identity is a real thing, and like you know teams throw that around and it, and it can be overkill and it can be overused, but it really can be a real thing. And I and you know this team talked about oh yeah we want to find our identity under under Capuano and the, the, that whole regime and and they never really found it. Like what was their identity? I don't I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you. Like oh yeah we're going to be a hardworking team. All right. Well every every team thinks they're a hardworking team. This team has an identity. That identity is we get high danger chances, we prevent high danger chances, we get good goaltending, and we score one more goal than you do. That's their identity. You might not like it. You might find it boring. You might find it tedious. And and other people, other fan bases definitely find it boring. But it works, and that's their identity. And this team is 
found out what it is and they're playing within that identity. And so you can't, you know, you can just say it. I what anybody can say it, but to really find it is really something special. And that's what this team has done. They've found this identity and that's what they are. And like you said before, that no, nobody wants to play these guys. And that's the, you know, before it was not like that. In fact, <laughs> Barry Trotz's previous team used to laugh at uh, how easy it was to play the Islanders uh, under the previous coaching regime. So there's a, there's a big swing right there. So it's pretty cool. Congratulations to uh, all the milestones and any other uh, milestone that's going to come up <laughs> later. That I don't know if we – I think we talked about Josh Bailey on his 800th game, right? Didn't we? I feel like we did. Yes, we definitely did. Yeah. Uh, it feels like every week we we pick a new player to like extol the virtues of, and uh, we'll find out who next week. We've done everybody. We got to we got to find somebody else down the, down the list to <laughs> to talk about because I feel like this is yeah. two weeks in a row for Zizekas now. I think, but anyway. Um. So uh, yeah, there you go. Um. So yeah, Penguins twice, uh, Sharks on Saturday, then the West Coast swing. Uh, you know, we'll be back. Uh, I, I'm assuming probably between that the Ducks and Kings game, but uh, we'll we'll work it out and we'll see where we can go. Uh, there's going to be an Isles buzz later this week, so uh, keep an eye out for Noel and Dan for that. Uh, PT Isles might come around a little bit later, uh, but it should be there might be one out this weekend, so keep an eye open for that. Uh, as always, we are uh, sponsored by VintageIceHockey.com. T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, over a hundred classic. Hockey logos. He's got the Long Island Ducks. He's got New York Golden Blades. He's got the New York Rovers. He's got New England Whalers. Newest one. This is beautiful. You'll you'll appreciate this too. Las Vegas Thunder. IHL. It's got the the classic logo. It's got like a, a horse. But then just the one with the words. I saw it and immediately was like, I remember that team. <laughs> and that's awesome. That's beautiful. It is. It's really great. Uh, they carry our Lighthouse Hockey t-shirt, the Al Arbor t-shirt. Our portion goes right to the Center for Dementia Research. You use Lighthouse 15 in the discount code box. You save 15%. And I'm also proud to say that if anybody uses that code, uh, a portion of uh, the sale of that uh, item will also go to the Center for Dementia Research. So you can either buy the lighthouse hockey shirt or you can buy any other shirt there but if you use lighthouse 15 in the discount code box a portion of that will also go to uh, the cdr uh just because we want to and it's and it's great and it's a great cause and you should do that so uh, we're hoping to send some money over there very shortly <laughs> once it all gets together so that's vintageicehockey.com. go there what was that i said i love it it's, yeah. it's fun just to it's like a fun site just to kind of lose oh, like dude. if you're looking to kill 15 minutes you just Oh my God! Can can go look at those those logos. They're amazing. The logos, the team histories. It's a great. Kevin's done a great job. It's a great site, and you should check it out. And he's got so. I mean, I just named five teams, but man, he's got over a hundred there, and they're all awesome. And and you know the the quality is great. You get them all different kinds of colors, men's, women's, all kinds of different sizes. They're just. I mean, no matter where you're from, no matter what you're looking for, you'll find it there. VintageIceHockey.com. It's really awesome. Lighthouse fifteen in the discount code box. Save money and uh, donate a little bit to the Center for Dementia Research. Um, my favorite Islanders game came out last night. Uh, you should check it out if you haven't already. Great stories. We need your phone calls. Uh, we can't have a third episode without your calls. So it's 646-980-8857. The number is also in that episode. Some of those were great. Uh, all of them were great, but there were some that literally made me laugh out loud. The, the, the fan club uh, guys that couldn't, you know, go to the game uh, where Bobby Nystrom scored. There was a Bobby Nystrom fan club. They couldn't go to the game because that was their wedding day. Uh, the guy <laughs> whose whose daughter uh, had a great crack. Uh, it was for, her first road game was that first Taver- game against Tavares and the Leafs, and she had a good time. And uh, some of the uh, 
the other people in Toronto wouldn't look her in the eye afterwards. It was great. So you should definitely check it out. And again, the number to call to share your favorite Islanders game story is 646-980-8857. Please call us. We need your calls. Thank you. Um, Read Lighthouse Hockey every day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. You should follow Mike at where? The Big Lebowski with two E's. You should follow Mike at The Big Lebowski with two E's on Twitter. Uh, you should wish him well. Hopefully he gets better soon. Yeah. <laughs> bad timing. Too bad. Hi, thank you. I, uh, <laughs> I definitely, uh, you know, I, I, I was so excited about that <laughs> not Saturday. I couldn't, I wish, you know, it's almost like we should just record it now. But but uh, I'm trying to recapture how I felt. And it's it's tough when, when your head is throbbing. Yeah, it was, I mean, I was still pretty euphoric on Sunday. Like I couldn't even yeah, me too. I watch the I, I was really confused why like they weren't the front page of like the New York Times and stuff. I know you know there's there's bigger, quote unquote bigger fish to fry. You know, but but, but the uh, the Islanders I think are should be the number one story in, in the in the world right now. The, the New York Islanders haven't lost in regulation since October 11th, and <laughs> and and they're not putting them they're not putting them on the front page of every tabloid from from here to uh, to you know all to Norway. It's it's yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And I mean, yeah, when you think about it, it's just like unbelievable. It really I mean, it's it's unbelievable in the sense that I didn't nobody expected this to happen. Nobody expects their team to go 14 games with, with a point. But it's it's believable when you think about how the Islanders play and who they are and how they they approach games and how they you know, they have gelled mm-hmm. under this coaching staff. So it's totally believable, yet totally unbelievable at the same time. And I'm just trying <laughs> to enjoy it. And uh, soak it in. I was trying to find the. I hate when you go when you watch a replay of a game, and you you. I guess it defaults to like your local, like whatever your your area's broadcast team is. No offense to Brendan and Butch, but like right. I wanted to hear the Flyers call that. I want. What did they sound like when they were kind of falling apart there? I don't do that for every uh, game, but I wanted to hear that one. You know? Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I really do. I want to. I kind of want to hear you know those one offs on you know the. The Vancouver Canucks intermission report, like right. when they do like the the round the league segment, and just be like, what what do you guys have to say? Mm. You know, <laughs> the oh, Oilers. Sure. What do you guys have to say what, about what's going on? Mm. Oh, I'm sure when they go out to to the West Coast, you know, th- it's going to be like, and there's this team called the New York Islanders. Maybe you've heard of, you know, they, they <laughs> yeah, they probably never see and don't think about yeah. it anyway. But uh, it would be pretty cool. Uh, oh, geez, I almost forgot. Uh, you mentioned him before, and so I decided on the spur of the moment to make him our he was an Islander star of the week. It is defenseman Mark Flood. Uh, Mark Flood played 39 games in the NHL. He played six of them for the Islanders in 2009-2010. And I would have sworn to you and bet you money that he played for this team for two years because it felt like he played for this team for two years. And it was only six games. How is that possible? He had yeah, one assist and- in that whole time. If if they, that's how bad they were, they just it felt like eons with him and uh, those yeah. Dylan Reeses and stuff of the world and and uh, it wasn't like he was in Bridgeport that long either. He he only spent that season with them basically, so sixty one games in Bridgeport and then seven with the Islanders and that's it. That's but it felt like I when you said Mark Flood, it never occurred to me that like oh yeah that guy who played six games for him. I thought he played for, I thought he was a form hand for them for years. That's so there weird. is you know I I can picture him I can picture him I think he was like. Four or six. He was. Yeah, I, I feel four. like he was a single single digit number. Yeah, in the um, the jersey with the panels, the orange panels yeah. on the and the only the other person I think about that, and he also feels like he played three hundred games for the Islanders in that jersey. Uh, was number six, Matthew Spiller. Yeah, the, that big guy. Now I gotta look him up. While I look him up, 
Uh, let me ask you this. Trivia time. Who? So Mark Flood played for two NHL teams, the Islanders, and who else? Oh, God. Um, I'll go with the Minnesota Wild. Very Actually, geographically, you're very close, but it was, in fact, the Winnipeg Jets. How wow. about that? I, I know. I didn't even know. <laughs> I knew he played with somebody else because I remember thinking, oh, my God, this guy's still like, – <laughs> I totally forgotten it was Winnipeg. But oh, know. man. Uh, yeah, Matthew Spiller, uh, uh, two seasons before, wore number six. So there you go. So, wow, that's one. I, he, and he played for Phoenix. That I kind of remember. Yeah, I remember him being at Phoenix in those uh... – uh, jerseys. Matthew Spiller, nine games for the Islanders. So three more than, but but the same amount of points, one assist. <laughs> so yeah. there you go. So two for the price of one. Two two. They were Islanders. Mark uh, Matthew Spiller was an Islander. Mark Flood was an Islander for very short periods for a combined uh, fifteen games. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there you one go. of these days, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to a. Uh into a, a rabbit hole where I'm going to challenge myself to find <laughs> find a, a group of players that all played less than 10 games, but it equals like 82, a full season. <laughs> and, I, and, I'll, wow. and I'll get that team out. I'll get that team out on Twitter or something. That'd be pretty awesome. I want to see that written up. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, okay. I can, I'll make it harder. I can only use two guys who played two or less. Otherwise, I can just, you know, stack them. Right, because there, there's a lot of guys that played one. But, yeah. And you, but yeah. you'd have to get everybody at different positions, too, so it would be great. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's true. All right. <laughs> my new project all right this is gonna be awesome i'm really looking forward to this uh so while mike works on that and the islanders play the penguins and sharks we appreciate you listening thank you so much and we'll be back next week and we'll talk to you then all right bye-bye